Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today is the last Sunday of the shortest possible Advent. In only a few hours, we will begin our Christmas Eve service. And it's appropriate as we draw near, ever closer, to the joyous festival of our Lord's uh, Advent that we remember that his second advent, too, is coming nearer and nearer. And we rejoice in the Lord, as St. Paul writes in our epistle this morning. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say, again, I will say, rejoice. As we come closer and closer to Christmas, the easier and easier it is for us to rejoice. Even as the days become darker, they seem to get brighter with contagious joy. There are colors and lights to dazzle. There's music to lighten the heart and all manners of foods to delight the palate. Yet this is not where our joy is found. It may express itself in that way, especially at this time of the year, but that is not where we find our joy. Our joy doesn't come from the music and decorations, family and gifts. If that was where our joy was found, it would be a shallow joy indeed. Instead, our joy comes from our Lord and our union with him. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. We rejoice for all the benefits which he has rained down upon us from above. For he has saw us in our sinful state, and for us and for our salvation came down from heaven, becoming man so that he might bear our sin and die for it, making atonement for it by the shedding of his blood. By faith in him we receive the forgiveness of all of our sins. And with sins forgiven, we are assured of life everlasting, in his presence. Through faith we are united with him, becoming members of his mystical body, the church, where he is our head and we are his members. Through him, as the branches of a tree, we receive life. In this sweet communion he is present with us always, even to the end of the age, and we are made even now to sit in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus. What joy is to be found in being united to Christ, that he dwells in us and we in him. What a cause for rejoicing in him, even rejoicing always. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Our rejoicing in the Lord is not grounded upon ourselves or anything temporary in this world. Rather, it's founded upon him, our solid rock, our redeemer. His resurrection from the dead grants us great assurance, for God has made us alive with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses, having wiped away out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, as St. Paul writes to the Colossians. Since our rejoicing is found here, it's independent of the many sorrows that we have in this world. And we do have many sorrows in this world. Our world is broken, marred by sin. And in it, ourselves, we see sin and its many effects. 
We see family and friends who don't share our faith and our hope. We see just how deeply sin can harm our families, our communities, our nation, and the world. And looming over all of this is death, the unnatural separation of body and soul. These things all affect us and touch us with sadness and sorrow. Moreover, as Christians, we all bear various crosses which the Lord, in his wisdom, has seen fit to grant us, so that we might follow Christ Jesus, who said, Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And accompanying these crosses, there are many seasons of sorrow, of bitter tears, and weeping. Even our Lord himself wept at the death of his friend Lazarus. He wept over Jerusalem as he went there to die. And as the epistle to the Hebrews says, he offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears. Yet these crosses and sorrows of this world do not take away our ability to rejoice in the Lord. For we know the things of this life are temporary and passing away. No matter how grave they may seem now, they are nothing compared to the joys which our Lord has prepared for us. Yes, even our Lord himself, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Thus we too can rejoice in the Lord always, even in the midst of sorrow, even in the midst of depression and sadness, even in the midst of crosses and death, we can rejoice, for we know the gifts which our Lord has won for us by his innocent sufferings and death. We know the forgiveness of sins which he has for us. We know his gracious presence in us through the union of faith. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Yes, our Lord is at hand. His second advent, when he will come to judge the living and the dead, is closer now than when we first believed. His return, when he will welcome those righteous through faith into eternal life and will cast away the wicked into outer darkness, is coming like a thief in the night. Yes, the time is near when he will return to usher in the kingdom of God, where there will only ever be peace and security, righteousness and holiness and everlasting joy in his presence for he the prince of peace is at hand in light of this what are our squabbles with our brothers and sisters with whom we will spend eternity it is small nothing really let your gentleness be known to them and let us forgive one another reconciling as brothers and sisters in christ because we have been reconciled to god in light of our Lord's return, what does it matter if the world does not understand our ways, if we are mocked, insulted, and looked down upon? What does it matter if the world loses esteem for us because they think ill of what God has revealed to us by his grace? These insults and many others are ultimately forgettable in the light of the glorious promises of our Lord. Let your gentleness be known to all, even while they revile hate revile and hate love them with the same love to those who don't love you
For our Lord Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live to righteousness, as St. Peter writes. He is our peace. He has made peace between us by uniting us together in him so that we are one body, one temple. He has given us peace in our consciences because he has died for our sins that we may be forgiven. He comes to bring peace to the world by his final advent. So let us follow after him, our Savior, who has left us an example that we should follow in his steps. Even in the midst of the storms and conflicts of this world, he is our peace. So let us, as much as it depends on us, live peaceably with all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplications, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. The Lord is at hand because he is coming soon. But he is also at hand because he is with us. He is near to us. Yes, the Lord is at hand to hear our prayer. Whether you pray mentally or whispering or speaking or even shouting with tears, the Lord is at hand to hear your prayer. Since he is so near in this way, let us, as St. Paul says, be anxious for nothing. Yes, why should we be anxious about anything? Why should we worry or bottle up our cares and concerns and thoughts when the Lord is at hand? Why should we face anything alone when he is near? Why should we worry of the future when the creator and preserver of all things is at hand and loves you so much that he became a man in order to die for you that you might live with him forever? In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In everything, we can often think that something might be too small or too insignificant to pray for. After all, in our polite Canadian society, how often are we hesitant to ask a fellow person to help if we think that it might inconvenience them? If we're like this with one another, how much more are we tempted to be so with God who is far above us all? But there is nothing so insignificant that God would not hear our prayers concerning it. He desires we bring everything to him in prayer, for he cares much for us. He desires that we come to him in everything like a little child goes to their father, who has no qualms about whether it will bother him or whether it's big enough for him to worry about. God desires that we come to him in faith, laying our cares and requests before him by prayer and supplication. So, too, nothing is too small to thank him for, and everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Many of the things that we can take for granted are blessings and gifts of God, and it's meet and right to give him thanks always for these things. The prayers in the Catechism lay a good foundation for this. They begin the day with thanksgiving because God has graciously kept us through the night. And they end with thanksgiving, thanking him that he has kept us this day from all harm and danger. 
if we find ourselves giving thanks to him for the gifts and blessings we receive, no matter how small we think of them, no matter how mundane or routine, then we'll find ourselves likewise bringing to him our requests and our cares at all times and places by prayer and supplication. For he is at hand to hear our prayers, to receive our thanksgiving, and to grant us his peace. Yes, our Lord is at hand and near that he may grant us the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, so that it will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. He is at hand to give peace, peace which is grounded in our peace with God, peace that surpasses all understanding, that can exist in our hearts in the middle of treacherous and turbulent times, even in the middle of war, as we have heard from the pastors in Ukraine right now. This peace which the world does not know, nor can it understand, is beyond it. It comes from God himself, who is our peace. It comes to guard our hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord, that they may be kept in him that our hearts may firmly trust him and hold to him, and that our minds might be set on him and the things above, so that we may rejoice always in the Lord. May the God of peace grant that we be kept steadfast in this true faith, and through faith in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit may increase in us holiness and peace which surpasses all understanding, so that we may rejoice always and let our gentleness be made known towards all men, that they too might know the peace which comes through the merits and mediations of our Lord Jesus Christ, who was and is and is to come. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.